Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From movie set to multiplex, it's the business of film with James Cameron Wilson. Pardon me, boy. Is this the Transylvania station? Yeah, yeah. Truck 29. I'm the dude. Play it, Sam. Play as time goes by. Oh, every time I hear that, my heart melts a little. Time, I think, to watch Casablanca again. And time also to listen to James Cameron Wilson as he tells us what has been happening at the UK box office. Uh, James, don't be too astounded. I've actually booked to go and see a film on um, on Monday. So wow. we're even getting me back into the cinema. Uh, wow. Well, you so, saw Operation Mince Me. I did see recently. Operation Mince Me. That's probably we talked about what, that. Yes. And I like the cinema, the new cinema I went to see it in, in London. And so I've become a member of that cinema uh, and we will be going back more regularly, I hope. Um, paid Operation, the, paid the money. Yeah. Operation Mince Me was a decent film. It was. It was nice, old-fashioned, sturdy and full of good British actors. Just what we need at a time like this. Yes. Oh, gosh, yes. Well, I wish I could be a little more optimistic this week, but there's a biggie opening next weekend. Well, this this coming weekend, which we're going to uh, talk about. Yes, yes. You may have noticed. <laughs> yes. But we'll oh, get on to that. Hard not to see. Okay. But sadly, um, because last weekend was down from the previous weekend, but that was down by 57.8%, mm-hmm. and this week's gone down again by 342 Sorry, 34.2%. Wow. But still at number one, we've got Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness, which made three million over the weekend. What happened to word of mouth? I want to now. I want to know, but mm-hmm. it's down 48%. It has a total of 35.3 million quid. Which... Maybe Doctor Strange is sending cinema goers from another dimension to watch it in this dimension. I think that must be it. Yeah. Because it's now made more money than Guardians of the Galaxy and Spider-Man Homecoming and Thor Ragnarok. It's doing incredibly well. What's its total now? Its total is £35.3 million Mm -hmm. sterling. Mm -hmm. I just don't get it. Not that I've talked to a lot of people who've seen it, but the people I have have been very disappointed. Mm. Unlike the film at number two, which was at number three, which has jumped a place up 23.3%. Everything, everywhere, all at once. And so it appears to be, which I gather you're going to see next week yourself. I am. I'm rather worried about this review because I've already booked tickets. <laughs> yes. So well, please. following the numbing disappointment of Firestarter and Father mm. Stew with Mark Wahlberg. Wal- yes, I remember. Yes, you were yeah. And especially the chaotic Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I felt I was in for a treat with everything, every, everywhere, all at once. In, in spite of the unpromising title. After all, this is a film that has received enormous critical acclaim in the Mm. United States. 
Yes, but, though you've been talking about quite a few films recently that have had critical acclaim, and yet you found absolutely a complete waste of time, or indeed amusing, <laughs> in, the vein, in the vein of Monty Python, uh, in one case. I, I really don't know who I would recommend this film to. Uh, then I started reading the English reviews, like The Times, and realised I was not alone in my feeling of utter, utter bewilderment. The film is not terrible, Simon, but to digest it, you should really watch it in 10-minute bites. However, it is two hours, 20 minutes long, and it is relentless, like a series of visual ideas strung along by a shaman. It is set in the clutter of an overcrowded apartment. I'm not going to tell you the story, because I'm not sure I know the story, but it's set in the clutter of an overcrowded uh, apartment. Somewhere somehow all at once i presumed we were in china because everybody is chinese talking mandarin but gradually the film opens out to introduce english-speaking characters from various ethnic backgrounds and i suspected we were somewhere in california which is where they shot it but because the film moves so fast you are constantly kept on your back foot as the dialogue slips from cantonese to mandarin to english and you can never really predict where the next barrage of subtitles will come from. Michelle Yeoh stars as the surly, overworked owner of a failing laundromat who is ostensibly running the parallel lives of her husband, aging father and daughter, the latter who has just acquired a girlfriend. This all seemed very promising until she ends up in an elevator in the building of the IRS which does not stand for Irritable Review Syndrome. Mm -hmm. There she is confronted by an alternate husband from another universe. But no, multiverse. The, not just universe, yeah. number but one. multiverse. So, so, hang on. Film title number one and two in the chart are all about, both about multiverses. They are. They this are. This is bizarre. Okay. And this film then plunges into a maelstrom of, well, it's like music videos all strung together. It is unfortunate that everywhere all at once arrives so promptly on the coattails of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, as there are the inevitable thematic similarities and indigestible title. Narratively, this is more like a cinematic Jackson Pollock dipping in and out of martial arts, Alejandro Dodoroski, Brian Ricks, Guardians of the Galaxy, and any number of wildly divergent genres. Initially, I suspected this might follow the same route as the oeuvre of Stephen Chow, who I do admire, whose Kung Fu Hustle was the best example I have ever seen of combining martial arts with slapstick. No offence to Jackie Chan. But tonally, this is all over the place and is simply exhausting to behold. But although on some levels it is enormously original, it is not above plagiarising other movies, such as the false ending from Adam McKay's Vice and an anthropomorphic raccoon, Rakakuni, <laughs> from Guardians of the Galaxy. Is, is this meant to be parody, pastiche, satire? I found it so exhausting. I don't know, I don't know about you, but if I have too much coffee, I just want to go to sleep. Mm. Do you ever get that? You I can, don't tend to drink coffee very much. Okay. I, I can sometimes over-caffeinate myself, and I just want to go to sleep. And as I was watching this, I thought, 
is this just going to continue like this indefinitely? Oh, well, mercifully, I've booked for a Monday when the tickets are cheaper. <laughs> well, I'm dying to know what you think of it. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. I, what I might think is, is suggesting to my friend that we just simply forget the cinema and go and get drunk somewhere else instead. <laughs> well, no, you've got to at least see the first. Mm. See if you can s- sit out the first 40 yeah. minutes. I think what we'll do is arrange a signal to each other so that if we're both loathing it, we can just leave. Because there's nothing worse than sitting through a two-hour, 20-minute movie that you both hate but didn't realise the other one was hating. Yes, but I do know lots of... I've got lots of chums who've loved it. So I feel, although although I've read very scathing reviews over here, I do think I appear to be in a minority. Yeah, and I thought I'd read a really good review of it. And I've just looked at the newspaper I tend to read every day, and it gave it a three-star review, not the five-star one I'd expected. So I don't know what I was reading. I gave it um, two. Hmm. It, or, or, well. <laughs> For effort. <laughs> <laughs> it's, got, it's got lots of good things in it. It's just yeah. the tone of it i found insufferable really <laughs> okay james well i will let you know what i think however much of it or little of it well you I may love it like my other chums yeah. maybe i am in the minority no, we'll see. but i hated it it would oh, be sorry, dull anyway. if all of us liked the same film that would well, be very course, dull there'd be no reason for having film critics so it, yeah, i may like it i may loathe it but we do tend to agree on quite a lot of films so i'm well i'm I thought not as keen liked. i'm not as keen as, as i was uh just half an hour ago oh simon i'm sorry well, no it's fine you, you may be pleasantly surprised well, at least maybe. i've lowered your that's true level my expectations, of expectations are yes my expectations have been lowered so i'm not expecting a masterpiece um that was number two i think in the chart wasn't it? Uh, it was at number two. And at number three, we have Downton Abbey, A New Era, which was at number two last week, down 22%, which I think you will enjoy. Yes, I have a different thing. But unfortunately, the friend I'm going with has already seen that. Uh, so I certainly won't be seeing that on Monday. Did he like it? Um, she didn't like it as much as you. Hmm. I'll have to have words. Anyway, it's now made £12.3 million. I can't believe... Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is still at number four, down a mere 19%, with a total of 24.7 million quid. Mm. Again, I just found this unwatchable. But there is a watchable film at number five, The Lost City, which was at number six, up, up 2%, with mm. a total of 9.8 million. Hang in there. It's been quite a few weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah it has. It has. Um, how many weeks has it been? That's a very good point. It's been... Six or seven? Six. Six weeks, yeah. Mm. And Sonic the Hedgehog has been around eight weeks. Mm. I also, well, I, I preferred actually uh, The Bad Guys, which was at number seven, and that's gone up 4% to the sixth rung in the chart with a total of £11.7 million. I thought that was quite fun. Mm. Uh, I didn't think much of the film at number seven, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, which was at number eight with a total now of 20 Point four million pounds. We've got a new film at number eight, Bul Bulaya 2, a very long Hindi horror comedy and a sequel to Bul Bulaya. Number nine, we've got Firestarter, which was at number nine, hasn't gone anywhere, although it has gone down 53%, with a total of 530,000 pounds, which is not good news for Zach Efron. No. He's had better scores. 
And I would like to recommend the film at number 10 if I had seen it, because it's got very good reviews. This is the latest from Terence Davis, one of the finest directors working in this country, very much an art house style director. It's called Benedictine, and it stars Jack Loudon as Secret, Secret Sassoon and Jeremy Irvin as Ivor Novello, co-starring Simon Russell Beale as the art critic Robbie Ross, probably most famous for having an affair with Oscar Wilde. And I'd love to see this. Unfortunately, it's not showing anywhere near where I live. So you might have to go out of your way to catch that. Sorry to hear that, James. But uh, that's probably a good moment, don't you think, for us just to take a brief breather. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to The Business of Film, where I'm in conversation with James Cameron Wilson, who's been taking us through the um, UK box office, rather dispiriting box office. And I can't help feeling, however, the film that's just about to open does, of course, the weekend after next will be the jubilee weekend i can't imagine many people would be heading to the cinema but who knows well we are of course talking top gun maverick which Mm. is playing in 4732 cinemas in the us which is a historic record they're really paramount pictures are really pushing this out there and i think everybody is in for a treat because i've already seen it hmm um, and I've I've seen one review already um, that seemed to be pretty impressive. And I don't think I've actually ever seen Top Gun. Uh, you didn't miss anything. It is so much better than Top Gun, which was so you don't think than... you don't think one needs to have seen Top Gun to see Top Gun Maverick. No, it's all explained. No, you don't really. I mean, maybe it helps, but uh, Top Gun was thirty six years ago. Most mm. people are going to see Top Gun Maverick. Are not in mm. that age range. I was talking yes, to somebody. So... She said, "Oh, I." I did order Top Gun on Amazon to get myself ready. Mm. But it's a terrible B-movie where all the characters just speak in sound bites, whereas the new one is much slicker, absolutely cinematic, thrilling. I just found it a real a cinematic delight, cinematic mm. nirvana. So are you reviewing it now or are you going to wait until no, next No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm going to review it next week. Yes. <laughs> So um, No, I'm just curious, because I, I, I don't want to encourage you to talk about it. I did see something, um, Tom Cruise sort of insisting on basically they were using real fighter planes rather than just sort of CGIing them in. And the reviewer said he thought that made a massive difference. Yeah, um, it looks amazing. Um, so anyway, we're expecting um, that to open at number one, aren't we? I think I think it would be a very strange well world if the latest if the latest um, Terence Davies film suddenly leapt to number one instead. It, 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 <laughs> In some multiverse, I'm sure that is happening, yeah. but not this one. But you can never guess what will catch on. And I'm talking about movies like Dirty Dancing, Grease, mm-hmm. the original Footloose, movies still cherished to this day. We now and, have, and it has to be said, I was just going to say before you go on, and frequently screened at some of these sort of, you know, these open air screenings or these rather quirky cinemas that, uh, you know, are on rooftops and things like that, which there are lots in London. I don't know about your part of the 
part of the world, but um, they Gosh. seem to be playing constantly. Well, you can never tell, can you? What will kind of mm. hit the zeitgeist? We well, now, as have, William Goldman said, nobody knows anything. Well, absolutely. We now have Along for the Ride just out on Netflix, which is as formulaic as NeuroPro, but then you wouldn't want it any other way. It's based on the novel by Sarah Dessen, and it is pure young adult fiction nirvana. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did, but then I approach all movies. Um, I was wearing the right hat at the time. I, I work very hard at being in the right mood before I see a film. I talk myself into a romantic state of mind. It probably helps that I know the coastal region of North Carolina, and Sarah Dessen is a North Carolina native, having graduated from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Her first novel that summer has already been filmed as How to Deal with Mandy Moore, which squeezed in elements of her second novel, Someone Like You, as well. She now has a contract with Netflix in which three more of her tomes will be produced by the streaming giant, starting with this along for the ride. The title may sound a bit naff, but if you see the film, you realise that there's more to the title than meets the eye. It could have been called Along for the Cycle Ride. Its protagonist, Auden, as in W-H, can't cycle. And that's a sore point, as her father, played by Dermot Mulroney, was too busy writing novels to give his daughter a childhood, let alone teach her how to ride a bike. He was also too busy to give his wife, an academic played by Andy McDowell, much of a marriage. So Auden is now 18 and has recently graduated from high school, while her father, Robert West, has moved in with a younger woman on the North Carolina coast, where she, played by Kate Bosworth, runs a boutique called Clementine's. And Robert West has barely had time to give her a baby named Thisbe, as in Pyramus and Thisbe from A Midsummer Night's Dream, before locking himself away to write more literary studies and novels. Auden comes to visit and to help out at the boutique, only to discover that her father still has not got time, any time for her. She has barely stuck her head into the house and he sends her off on an errand to buy some food. So not only is she cold-shouldered by her dad, but is left out in the cold by the others in her age group who find her aloof. The truth is she never learnt how to fit in with her peer group or to have fun because she was denied this childhood. So she sits on the pier reading her hefty life of Colette while the town's other outsider, Eli, does wheelies on the edge of her peripheral vision. He is obsessed with bikes and can do a mean wheelie, but has forsaken riding in public due to a recent tragedy. We all know where this is going. And because both Auden and Eli are damaged and ridiculously good looking, we really hope it goes the way we expect. The film marks the directorial debut of the playwright and screenwriter Sofia Alvarez, and she has coaxed some wonderful performances from her young cast. The dialogue is also savvy, modern and funny. And there's a terrific soundtrack. I've actually downloaded a number of the songs from it, which I never do. I just, I really like this music. But it's the two leads, Emma Passero and Belmont Camelli, who really cement 
our commitment. It doesn't totally realize its emotional potential. I could have done without the food fight and the fireworks, but I was totally engaged throughout and at times even rather affected. I think in another multiverse, it may have even been become a cult hit, but who knows? You can see it now on Netflix. Thank you, James. And of course, worth pointing out, you're, I mean, however much you can put yourself in the um, the mood uh, for a film, you aren't exactly the target audience. No, other than I, I have very fond memories of the Outer Banks mm. on North Carolina. This was shot in Carolina Beach. And it all looked very familiar and sunny. And, um, and if I've got time, I'd like to review another Okay. film, yep. which is also streaming, called The Contractor. And I do feel a bit sorry for Chris Pine. He is just too beautiful a man to be able to play the parts that he obviously would like to play. According to some sources, like the Entertainment Bible Variety, he is in with a chance of an Oscar nomination next year for Olivia Wilde's psychological thriller Don't Worry, Darling, starring Florence Pugh which is due out this September, but I wouldn't hold your breath, which may explain why he's starting to produce his own movies, although he's still casting himself in somewhat generic roles. In the recent All the Old Knives, he was a CIA agent, currently streaming on Amazon Prime. Mm. And in this new Amazon Prime release, The Contractor, he is playing a Special Forces sergeant. Besides being absurdly good-looking, Sergeant James Harper is a fitness fanatic when he isn't pounding the pavements on epic runs he is doing press-ups and when he gets home he plays with his young son Jack or takes the family to church. He is a good American and is perhaps too good to be true. So if the film is going to deliver any drama it will obviously come from the outside. The contractor directed by the Swedish filmmaker Tarek Salah is efficient enough and with the judicious use of on-screen footage we get to know all we need to know without characters telling James Harper who he is on screen. I do prefer this approach, as it doesn't jeopardise the fourth wall. What we also learn about James Harper is that his knee is shot, presumably from one of his four combat rotations in the last mm -hmm. five years, and he injects his leg with steroids to combat the pain, which is his undoing. Following a routine drugs test, he is dismissed from the army without a pension or medical benefits, which seems terribly harsh as he was paying for the steroids himself this bit i found hard to believe i may be wrong but aren't the heroically wounded allowed to seek some sort of medicinal help you would think so especially well, while in the services america's not always treated ex-veterans um, terribly well but one would have thought so well, be that as it may, Harper gets an honourable discharge, but with the household bills already mounting up and the debt collectors charging 18%, Harper must find work fast, even if it means accepting a $50,000 cheque from Kiefer Sutherland. Sutherland is in the business of what he calls imports and exports of coffee, apparently, and needs somebody of Harper's skill set to do some corporate babysitting in Berlin. But this being a Chris Pine movie, many of the Berlin scenes were shot in Bucharest, just as the Viennese scenes in All the Old Knives were filmed in London. This really doesn't matter as the film is beautifully shot. And part of the joy of the cinema is the ability to transport the viewer from one exotic locale to the next. Mm. 
I could have looked at the contractor all evening, but that doesn't mean I was very surprised or emotionally involved in so much that much of what was unfolding on screen all seemed so terribly familiar. If it had any emotion, it was directed at the US Army for discharging Harper and getting him into this mess in the first place. In the old days, the contractor would have served the second half of a double bill, but now I suppose is known as a director streaming feature, which it is. But I have to say, with a reported budget of near on $50 million and with performers of the calibre of Ben Foster, Eddie Marson, and the excellent German actress Nina Haas mm. in the supporting ranks, it just seems a bit of a waste. Oh, James, well, what a surprise. Well, I will let you know next week what I think about everything everywhere all uh, at once. Well, I um, hope you'll be pleasantly surprised well, after I've lowered your expectations. Yeah, let's let's hope so. Um, I don't imagine I'll get a chance to see Benedictine, but I hope you manage to find it somewhere. It is always the problem with the art house movies, but at least thanks to streaming, we can often see things that we would have had trouble seeing at all um, well, a generation true, ago. Yeah. Um, that's it, though, for this week from James Cameron Wilson and myself. We'll be back with more business of film at the same time next week. We all go a little mad sometimes. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! We rob banks. I'll be back. <laughs>